become a change maker in the health industry today. Enroll for the Functional Nutrition course and become an internationally recognized expert on the vitalistic philosophy of food and nutrition with our friends at the Functional Nutritional Academy. Register now and receive a six-week bonus accreditation course providing you with the business tools to start and grow your own business and get a whopping $1,000 discount. So don't delay. Start your healthcare career today at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash functional. That's thewellnesscouch.com forward slash functional. This edition of 100 Not Out is proudly brought to you by our 2018 longevity experience to the Greek island of Ikaria. Known as the island where people forget to die, Ikarians experience 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, and 20% less heart disease, and live longer than anyone else on the planet. To find out why this is and experience Ikaria for yourself, come join myself, Damien Christoph, and an intimate group of like-minded souls for an all-inclusive 9-night, 10-day life-changing immersion. Watch the highlights video, get all of your info, and apply on over at 100notout.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the high flyer of wellness. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, Marcus. How are you, mate? Mate, I am flying. Now, Damo, we have said over and over and over again on this very podcast, over 200 plus episodes, that having a clear life purpose is the number one ingredient to living a great long life. And funnily enough, it is also the one area of life that people have the most difficulty with. Our guest today, great man, is one of the world's <laughs> leaders in helping people make their mark in life. Margie Worrell, who is a neighbour of yours, we've just found out, is Australia's first ambassador for women in global business and is a Women's Economic Forum honoree. On work days, you'll find her working with Sir Richard Branson, Marianne Williamson, NASA, Facebook, or some other Fortune 500 company. In her family time, she's dedicated to her husband, Andrew, and raising her four teenage children, all of which arrived in the space of five years, or you'll find her travelling the world, which includes trips to over 70 countries worldwide. She's crossed the Sahara Desert, stayed in Palestinian refugee camps, swam with piranhas, cycled the streets of Beijing, hiked the Inca Trail, climbed Kilimanjaro, (laughs) spent three years in PNG, but Damo, has she been to Ikaria, the island where people forget to die? We'll have to find out. (laughs) Margie is the best-selling author of three books, Stop Playing Safe, Brave, and most recently, Make Your Mark. It is a ripper. I have been reading it, and Margie has been good enough to join us today. Margie Worrell, welcome to 100 Not Out. Wow, that is an introduction of all introductions, (laughs) may I say. (laughs) Well, you deserve it. He's so good at intros. He's so good at intros. Now, Margie, where to start? Like, how does the oldest of seven children raised on a dairy farm become a globe-trotting visionary on helping humanity to be brave, courageous, and live a life on purpose? Oh, you know, I think it's just been thousands of steps outside my comfort zone, Damien. And um, and growing up on growing up on a farm up in the in the in the bush up in Victoria, the state. For those who are listening, I may not be in Australia, so in 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 uh, southeastern Australia, you know, I guess we're, my... We're, we're in the bush. Which bush were you in? Oh, okay. So, you would, do you know Bairnsdale? 
Yeah. Do we know no, Lake Sandville? I used to live in Tarogan. Oh. I used to live okay. in Tarogan. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Do you know Meetung? Yeah, yes. I, I love fishing in Meetung. Okay. Well, do you know Nungurna? Oh, I love Nungurna. Yes. Really, no Nungurna. Most people have never heard of Nungurna. I, I do. And Mark and Marcus used to live in Gippsland. He used to live. live I lived in Inverloch, but uh, I, uh, I have never heard of Nungurna. Never. Really? No, oh, there's never. a sign. Is your is a sign to Nungurna? There is a see. sign, and that's yeah. pretty much it. You don't actually know. <laughs> that's Nungurna. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a Nungurna girl, and um, and and you know, growing up on a farm, I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't like I, I didn't have some big vision for the life I'm living. In fact, often my parents kind of go, "Wow," you know, like just you know, because I'll say, "Oh, I was in New Zealand yesterday," or "I'm heading to America tomorrow," and they're like, "Just." Just the world is so different from the one that you know I grew up in and that they they've spent their lives in. But you know, I um I guess I have had a sense of adventure. Um, I was sort of raised with that uh, that idea. I grew up in a very Catholic family. To he who much is given, much is expected. And um, well, we didn't we weren't materially uh, wealthy in our family. We certainly always felt like um we were we were blessed. And I I really feel really strongly about creating and living a life that leaves the world better off and um and just getting out there and doing what it is that that lights me up and which is which ultimately is about helping others do what it is that lights them up so um so that's it's all sort of unfolded there was no big strategic plan or (laughs) a business plan or anything like that it's all just unfolded as I've sort of moved toward what I've been called to do and discovered talents and opportunities along the way so Margie I want to ask you this because I feel with life purpose that there's always clues or epiphanies or people Mm -hmm. that help you come along the way did you have an epiphany growing up was there someone in your family or your life that kind of massaged this worldview or philosophy Um, were there moments in time where your life went in a completely different direction down this path. Can you share some of that with us? Yeah. Look, you know, when I was leaving in high school, I I went off to Melbourne, which was sort of scary, and and studied business. And what did I study? I did a marketing degree because it sounded glamorous, and that was the extent of it, right? And so I worked in marketing um, in my 20s. But I also – a key thing I think – that sort of is important in the stories. I struggled with bulimia right through my teenage years into my 20s. And I have to say, as I look back and go, well, how did it all – it was in me coming to deal with this, like, ultimately illness, but I I, I was trying to solve it myself. I was trying to figure it out and because I was strong-willed and I was capable and all these things, but I just was in this really vicious cycle. And then I ended up getting – you know, help from a psychologist in my final year at uni. And, um, and, but then when I was living in Papua New Guinea in my 20s, a lot of people would come to me and confide their challenges. And I, and I, I guess I, I knew I had a, a gift at that, but I also knew my toolkit was really limited. And so um, that combined with some, I lost a baby at, you know, five months pregnant and I was in an armed robbery. And all of wow. those things made me go, you know, I'm going back to study psychology because I really want to help people deal with the fears and the limiting beliefs and the the wounds that keep us from living happier and more meaningful lives. And and so that sort of led me down a path that has taken me ultimately to where I am today. But it was dealing with my own struggles, really um, things that really caused me a lot of suffering. That And I remember someone once saying, well, just stop doing it. And I was like, if it was as easy as to stop doing it, I would have just stopped doing it, right? Um and I think it kind of gave me a compassionate insight into 
you know, as human beings, we can be complicated and there's a lot of forces at play. And um, and so that sort of did definitely impact the path that I ultimately took, which was outside the corporate world, back to study and down this path of really ultimately, I guess, empowering and helping other people to liberate themselves from what, what holds them back. Oh, it's so inspiring. Did you go to Nagel? Yes. I thought you might have got the Nagel. There you go. Well, look, where is this going? Where is Nagel? And what does that have to do with Margie Worrell? Well, my school, my school used to do an exchange with Nagel. That's how much I know. Uh, I know Ben's Where failed. is this going? So, well, the reason why I asked that question, obviously, I was grown, I was raised as a Catholic as well, and and well-meaning Catholics often have an opinion on all the things that we do, and so as a result, in an attempt uh, for us to not sin or to feel guilty, people like to shoot all over you, you know, and so people will tell you that you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, you should do that, and for most of your life, you find yourself being shooted on. To, to get to where you are today, Margie, did you find that there was a lot of people uh, shooting all over you, and did you find that you needed to remain true to your, I suppose, your vision or how did you remain true to yourself and not get swayed by people shooting on you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you're absolutely right. And, I, and, I've, and I've obviously written about the, that in my latest book. But um, yes, and I should on my, and I had to deal with my own shoulds as a mother with four kids, right? Um, I moved to America um, with three kids under three and a half weeks after 9-11 and and I remember landing in Texas feeling very alone, very isolated. My husband had a job opportunity. We said, let's do this. And and then I had a fourth child over there, a little Texan, my Texas souvenir. And I remember when I thought about starting a business, starting up, you know, actually opening shop as a coach and had so many shoulds about what a good mother should do and the mother's guilt thing. And I didn't have any role models. And, and I think about, you know, that whole idea of, well, a good mother should do this and and even then in growing my business, well, you should focus on this market and you should study this and you should go back and get more qualifications and there are so many shoulds and I've really had to work and I still have to work on that all the time because I like to be liked. <laughs> I like to pe- people to approve of me and I know there's to forge my own the best path for me. We've got to risk disapproval of others and we've got to risk judgment and we've got to risk other people uh, not always agreeing with how we spend our time and prioritize you know the different responsibilities and commitments we have and and that that term should I always say to people who I who are saying oh I should do this and I should do that I'm like replace it with the word could because should has such an implicit judgment that one thing is better than the other and actually yes you you could spend more time you know baking cakes and or, or going down this path or you or or you could just say i could do this or i could do that and it kind of frees up the judgment about what the best path is and yeah i've had to really work at that and i still have to work at that all the time because it's so easy to be let our decisions be determined by what other people think and keeping other people happy and and avoiding people criticizing us and I don't like criticism but I know I've had to risk it plenty of times um, because otherwise you end up living life for everybody else and not for yourself 
All right, Margie, there is a, there's an island, speaking of coulds versus shoulds, there is an island, as we mentioned in the intro, <laughs> called the island where people forget to die. It's a little Greek island called Ikaria. They live longer than anyone else, and they don't give a stuff what anyone else is doing in the world. They don't, they don't live the Greek culture. They live the Icarian culture. They don't die of True. dementia. They drink wine. They smoke. They, um, they live their life on their terms and it's a fascinating culture to experience they have no public transport they have social activities in the middle of the week even if they've got work on they go um it's a fascinating place and damien and i run a retreat there and we noticed very clearly when we were there um that their the simplicity of their life is is the foundation of their life and then in in your book in your latest book make your mark you refer to the dna that we have as a human being is there to keep us safe, right? But then at the same time, which, which again, looking at, say, Ikaria as an example, they have so much, they, they are living a safe life, but they are living their life on their terms. But then I look at, say, Western culture, for want of a better term, and so many people, like you said, are trying to be like everyone else and do, and, you know, eat, have a green mm-hmm. juice because someone else has have a green juice and, mm-hmm. and eat kale because someone else has eat kale rather mm-hmm. than writing the script of their life. But then mm-hmm. I read your book and I go, well, it's weird, isn't it? Because we've got this DNA which is there to keep us safe, but then so many people are yearning for more in their life. There's a paradox mm-hmm. in there, don't you think? Yeah, but but I think it come back to our basic wiring as, you know, as we are wired for survival. And so our des- desire to stay safe, so that's socially safe, you know, not risking rejection, um and to be secure and to be comfortable is always in this tug of war with our desire for growth and meaning and contribution and and forging our own our own path. And so just recognizing there's always going to be this little tug of war going on and when it comes to people ultimately the choices we make recognizing what are the forces that are driving those choices and uh, whether it's you know on the little island like here sorry i carry um or in in any other way i mean obviously that i think it's a great example like what is it that they do that allows them to live for so long and my guess is that part of what it is that allows them to thrive is a sense of connectedness and community um that a lot of us in our world today, it becomes harder and harder for people to feel connected and part of community too. But um, yeah, you know what? I I really think it's ultimately being mindful of what are the forces and what are the fears that are driving the decisions that we make and the actions we take and, and any area of your life where you're not thriving and happy, asking yourself, where is it that I've um, not tuned into what's right for me? And, you know, when you talk about eating and green juice and everything else, I meet people who are on these ridiculous weight loss programs where all they're eating is packaged food and and they're wondering why they're not feeling great. Or And I'm like, seriously, tune into the intuition of your body. I mean, does it make sense? We, we, we sometimes lose touch with with just that intuitive sense of is this actually healthy and good for me? Is this adding to my sense of vitality and, and well-being versus what some expert is telling me I should have? You know, three of these tablets, a packet of this, two scoops of that, and like, where's where are we losing touch with oh, actually that inner knowing and wisdom? You're pushing Damo's buttons, Margie. Oh yes. Oh, oh am I sorry? Up. No, push good. well. Push no, well. This is like, good. You've- 
Yes, no, not not push my buttons poorly, push my buttons well. I love it. <laughs> I, you just say I see so many people, but you know what's interesting there, and I'll just have a little soapbox moment here. People who actually aren't listening to the experts because they're actually just looking at uh, at people banging on about stuff with um, enthusiasm. So you know, you you and I would see this a lot, Margie, and so does Marcus. You see a lot of people running with enthusiasm in the wrong direction, um, and and so they end up in this this really strange space where they don't really know why they're doing it or what they're doing, and and I suppose that's where people have lost their purpose i don't know what it is that drives people to this point where they've got to go and follow a particular type of um eating program to feel like they've got to belong um but maybe it's because of facebook and maybe it's because of linkedin and twitter and instagram that people have become more disconnected how do people reconnect how do, how can people actually then come back into that so they can get back on purpose to find their life purpose yeah look and i i i think Ultimately, it all requires courage in some form or flavor. And being, we 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 have these masks, right? We put on this this show for the world of how we are, and often, you know, and Facebook feeds that. You know, it's our highlight reel. You don't put on there the photos of when we're struggling and we look like shit. It's all about, oh, I was out with these friends. Oh my god, you know, did this, did that, and and I I I do that. I don't. Put, you know, we all do that. But just recognizing that we connect most deeply through our vulnerability and by lowering the mask that we have. And that takes courage because it means making ourselves really vulnerable to judgment and 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 being really raw and really real with other people. So I think it's it's about if it doesn't mean connecting with everybody about on that level, but just being willing to be really real and share what you're struggling with and confide, you know, what's going on for you, I think is really important. But when it comes to just connecting to purpose, I, I, I think our purpose evolves and unfolds as we do. And, you know, I didn't, you know, at 20 or 25 or 30 or 35, I mean, it just continually as we go through life, we go, ah, oh, this is what gives me a sense of meaning and as we struggle and we have our own sorrows and we have our own setbacks and we deal with different challenges we discover purpose and meaning in things that previously we didn't have so I think it's also just giving yourself permission to sit in the not knowing and to just sit with the I, I don't know exactly maybe what my purpose is but I'm I'm willing to explore it and be open to what unfolds as I just go about doing what it is that is the most meaningful thing for me right now with where I am right now. Oh, you are just you are saying all the right things, Margie Worrell. This could go on forever. This interview, but this is <laughs> good. Couldn't it? This is so good. I think it's I think it's major that people rewind and listen to that over and over again. It's not. I, I, it's it's really not what we're doing. It's how we're doing it. Being a wonderful person, even if you don't know what it is that you want to do with your life, being authentic in your conversations in your relationships. Every single day of the week, I cannot thank you enough for saying that again, Margie. It is it's so important. All right, I got to go to a little bit of humour here. Page fifty four of Make Your Mark. I I just had to giggle. I had to giggle. Damo, not sure if you've read this, but this, this is this I is in the notes. This. Have a listen to this, everybody. A few it. years back, a Japanese tourist visiting Australia drove her rental car straight into the Pacific Ocean. When later asked how this happened, she explained that she was just following the car's GPS and it told me I could drive down there. And I just <laughs> I got. Forward, I giggled, I visualized it, and then I thought of all of the times where I have followed Google Maps down a highway and then it says, get off at this exit, and you see that there's no exit there and you are like, you are just incensed at Google Maps, but you realize that you have subordinated yourself to like another 
authority, so to speak, in this case, Google Maps or whichever app that you use. Um, you talk about this as, a, as, you know, choosing your own compass and, um, and we've chosen in many ways other people's compasses. Can you just explain about how we get back to choosing our own compass? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've always got our own compass. We're just following, we're just using it on the wrong map. So, you know, it's just where the terrain that we're actually dealing with is not the terrain that's in our heads. And so I think that's where it's about stepping back and sitting in the, well, you know what, knowing that your best thinking got you here. So if you don't like where you've landed, you need to step back and go, where is it that I'm operating out of a set of assumptions and beliefs and rules? We have these rules we follow about what you can and can't do. Um, and that is actually steering me in the wrong direction or it's keeping me stuck in the rut or tolerating a situation or a relationship or something that I I need to really address. And where have we even put labels on ourselves about what we can do and what we can't do, about what we're not good at, um, that that actually limiting the actions we take. And so so that's where I take people through some exercises in the book to help them really step back and go, where do you need to create a new set of mental maps that allow you to navigate your life more effectively so you'll actually land in the place you want to get to? Um, and I think all throughout our lives, just recognising that the world is always changing and what we, what got us here isn't necessarily going to get us there. And to be willing to just admit, I don't know everything and maybe I thought I knew what it took to build a business, to have a happy marriage, to feel good in my body, to lose weight, to get fit, whatever it is. Maybe that it was true once, but it's not true now. And, and just to never be too certain about some of the things we think we know. And I, I see this even, I, I was recently speaking at a university, RMIT University, and, you know, when I, when I work in environments and I often do in, in organisations where there's a lot of really smart, learned people, maybe there's a bunch of PhDs or they're just really very smart, sometimes we can be almost too smart for our own good. We can think we know all the answers. And the truth is, is none of us know all the answers. And the wisest people are those who are really willing to say, I don't know, but I'm willing to explore different things and not to be so attached to what they think they know. Oh, Margie, this has been incredible. We are out of time, but we could go on forever. We haven't even asked you about four kids in five years. We haven't asked you. I mean, you, you spoke about some of your challenges earlier, having a five-month miscarriage and arm robbery, uh, a life of uh, younger days with the bulimia and bulimia, you know, yeah. travels around the world, 70-plus countries. We're going to have to come and uh, interview you again. But you know what, Damo, Damo, you know what you might have to do? You might have what to sneak to around to the Worrell household with White a bit rabbit. of forage cereal. Yes. Because, uh, Maggie, yes, you may or do. may not know that Damo <laughs> is the healthy cereal king of Australia and his forage cereal oh. might just find its way around the corner to the Oh, I'd love some. Oh, it sounds teenage good. teenage children that are probably eating the house. Listen out for the doorbell, Margie. Just wait for oh, Santa Claus. That would be good. There is a forage Santa Claus. But, folks, um, make sure you go out and get, make your mark. Uh, Margie's third book. You can also get Stop Playing Safe and Brave. Head on over to margiewara.com. That's double R, double L. Dot com and check out all of Margie's work. It has been a joy to have you on 100 Not Out, Margie. And as we like to wish and bless every single guest on the podcast, may the rest of your life, Margie Worrell, continue to be the best of your life. Oh, thank you. Same to you. So, folks, you can find out more about this podcast and more over at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. For Damo, go to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au, and check out the entire range of podcasts available, as I said, over at thewellnesscouch.com. Thank you again for your support. And until next week, 
continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. We hope you enjoyed this edition of 100 Not Out. Now, if you love this episode and you love longevity, then you are invited to join Damien and I at our 2018 Longevity Experience on the Greek island of Ikaria. This is a nine-night, ten-day, all-inclusive immersion based at Thayer's Inn and Restaurant, TripAdvisor's number one place to be in Ikaria. Together, we'll be living the Icarian lifestyle, eating, moving, dancing, socializing, learning, and a whole lot more. This is a lifestyle that has 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, 20% less heart disease, and the highest count of centenarians per capita in the world. They don't call it the island where people forget to die for nothing. To find out more and to apply, go to www.100notout.com. Applications are processed on a first-in, first-served basis, so even if you aren't 100% sure, your best bet is to fill out the application form. It is completely free to apply and only takes two minutes. We would love to have you there, so head over to 100notout.com for all the info. Until next week, thanks again for your support and may the rest of your life be the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.